This episode was recorded on December 7th with Ronau. Enjoy. Vercel is the platform for front-end developers, providing the speed and reliability innovators need to create at the moment of inspiration. Founded by the creators of Next.js, Vercel has zero configuration support for 35-plus front-end frameworks, including SvelteKit. We enable the world's largest brands like Under Armour, eBay, and Nintendo to iterate faster and create quality software. Try out Vercel today to experience the easiest way to use Svelte. Hey, it's Svelte Radio again. I'm back with my beautiful co-hosts, Brittany and Sean. Anthony's not here, but he's also beautiful. And today we have a guest. It's none other than Mr. Floating Head, Ron Ow. Oh, how do you how do you pronounce it? Uh, if you ever forget, just hit yourself in the arm and that's the sound you make. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, hi, Ron. Welcome to, to Svelte Radio. Howdy, lovely to be here. Thank yeah. you for having me on. Thanks for coming. So I've been knocked out by a cold, as you've heard, so I haven't done anything. But yeah, so let's talk with our guest, Ron. Who are you? That is a very big question that I've been trying to answer my whole <laughs> life. Uh, for you in the tech industry, I am a front-end engineer. That's the title. Uh, I work for Hugging Face, which if you guys were, uh, everyone listening last week, uh, Penguin was on, who is also at Hugging Face, uh, both on the product front end team. Uh, I touch a little bit of AI in that realm. Uh, I'm also studying data science on the side, uh, but mainly I work in the front end and web dev space. Uh, most people know me from the neck up, <laughs> uh, from talks I did with Just My Head. And I like to focus when I have the autonomy and luxury, underline the second one, to do whatever I want. I tend to like to do more creative stuff in the web dev space. Before we continue with the episode, here's a word from our sponsor, Vercel. Vercel is the platform for front-end developers, providing the speed and reliability innovators need to create at the moment of inspiration. Founded by the creators of Next.js, Vercel has zero configuration support for 35-plus front-end frameworks, including SvelteKit. We enable the world's largest brands, like Under Armour, eBay, and Nintendo, to iterate faster and create quality software. Try out Vercel today to experience the easiest way to use Svelte. Yeah, the... Uh... The floating head talk, it's its infamous in the in the Svelte community. So if, if you're a new listener and maybe new to the Svelte community, I urge you to go back to Ron's talk. I think it's called Web Alamode. Uh, and Correct. it was, was it recorded during maybe 2021, spring maybe? 2020 March, in fact. Way back. Oh, yeah, I was like, I yeah, think yeah, that yeah. was longer 2020, ago. 2020, wow. Yep. Yeah, I can't believe it's taken this long to get you on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I have, I have tried. I have tried. <laughs> <laughs> yes, pro props to Kevin. It's taken some convincing, but uh, here we are, finally. Finally. The funny finally thing is, here. when I did that talk, I wasn't even in the industry yet. I was still doing my older government multimedia job. So let's talk about that. Like, where, yeah. So you were in multimedia in... 
in the government somehow. But well, right. so, well, first off, you're in Australia, right? Yes, correct. I wonder. Yes, yeah. All right. So rewinding even further back, when I set out to, you know, have a career, not just a job, uh, journalism was the thing on my mind and engineering was very far off it. In fact, I still remember the spots in high school when we're thinking about electives and software engineering came up. I remember thinking in my head, I would never want to be a software engineer. It's not my cup of tea, not at my alley. Not easy choice. Scratch that one right off. So into journalism, I went, and specifically print journalism, which is newspapers, magazines, all that jazz. And I wanted to do long form as well. But if any of you have been keeping abreast of how that industry is going, uh, you know, the, the writing has been on the wall for, for like over a decade now. And I kind of did a half pivot. So multimedia is, I worked in the newsroom for uh, Australian police, state police called New South Wales Police Force. And that was, you know, one foot in the journalism realm and then one foot in kind of the tech, you know, video editing, audio, a little bit of web dev. And that kind of paved my way for software as well. I've always thought of all the self, self-teaching self I did with software. It was more along the lines of how necessity is the mother invention. You know, I'd find a little bit of thing that code could help with. You know, I wrote a lot of auto hotkey scripts back then. Then I started writing Chrome extensions to help with stuff tiny JavaScript snippets. Then that started getting more and more. And then someone would tap me on the shoulder, hey, Ron, uh, you know, the web department says this is going to take uh, 12 months to develop. Like, do you know anything about this? And I said, oh, that's, that's they're saying 12 months because it takes 11 and a half months of tape to get through, but it really takes, you know, a week to do. So I thought, oh, yeah, how about I push something that gets, you know, 95% of the way, like in a few days. And they oh, that's great. And I did more and more of that stuff. And... It was around, yeah, about 12, a bit over 12 months ago, I thought, hey, I've got all these coding, you know, all, all this coding experience here. Uh, the industry I was intending to go into isn't really panning out, but this software thing over there is looking pretty good uh, and it's looking like it's growing. I, I mean, it, it sounds bad saying that now in this, in this climate, but back then, you know, it, it looked pretty sweet, <laughs> you know, uh, and I was lucky to get in eventually. Um, so, yeah, so I did. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's still better than, than journalism, the journalism industry, even, even now, yeah. probably. Good point. Yeah, it's, it's rough there. Like if you're, if you're really steadfast and say you don't want to do online journalism, you don't want to do like social media kind of journalism, you don't want to do clickbait journalism, like it's quite hard to just be, you know, if, if someone says, come straight out of college saying, I want to be a long form investigative print journalist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. good, good, yeah. good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Admirable, but good luck. I, I wish I, that was not the case. I, I kind yeah, of love long form, long form journalism. It's it's really mm-hmm. nice. It's a it's a hollowing out. Uh, four of the publications I wanted to work for, like three of them went bust, and one went from monthly to quarterly, and that was kind of like always at the back of my mind, like leading up into it. Sean, you were saying? I think there's a classic model called like the hollowing out of journalism, where uh, you either have global news and you only have the top brand names in the global news, uh, or you have local news, and there's basically no room in the middle. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. It's rough. I, so having that journalism background and 
now that you are a software engineer, are you enjoying it more? Is this like, do you see your future here? Like, do you like this? I definitely enjoy it more. Uh, okay. I think there's there's been this kind of gravity towards it. Like I when I like I said when I first did that talk, I wasn't even in the industry, and at the time I was also very reluctant to have an online presence. You know, to do social media, to build a profile, all that kind of stuff, do networking. And even when I signed up for the talk, the uh, the notion was okay. I don't have any experience in this. Uh, giving talks, I don't really have much experience in the industry. If you accept my call for a proposal, that's on you. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I've, I've written this. You know, I'm not saying you have to take me, but if you do, well, that's that's on you. No matter how bad or inexperienced or unuseful my talk is. Uh, but once I did it, you know, to my great surprise, like people actually really enjoyed it, and I found that I actually enjoyed it as well. And then I started doing other talks, meeting other people, and then actually joining the industry. Because at the time I gave the talk, I wasn't even thinking of joining industry just yet. I was, it was still like on the mind, but I wasn't like applying or anything like that. Uh, that definitely pushed me over the edge. And since then, yeah, I, you know, even my wife says, you know, like uh, she's noticed that this feels like, you know, more like I'm a fish in water here than in, in journalism. It's it's nice to hear that you've you really started like enjoying it. And I think you hmm. found a place that you thrive in too, because yeah. your talks are infamous. <laughs> almost, like we, we love your talks, and we expect Cheers. them at every conference now. Yeah, there's a. <laughs> I've been like it's been a double-edged sword. Uh, oh, with the rear edge mostly dull because it's mostly been positive. Like there's this expectation that I, whenever I hop on stage, uh, I'm going to be funny. Uh, and right. Very, I think very recently, what was it? Yeah, I gave a talk uh, the other week. I gave a online talk at a meetup about uh, using Whimsy and CSS. And my one of my one of the boxes I want to tick was uh, don't write a script uh, in order to be funny. So just be very content oriented. Uh, just talk about that and like don't make any effort to be funny. Like if it comes naturally while I'm talking, you know, because I don't just read off a script by all means, but don't try to be funny and. That was a little bit of a, like a like a weight off my sh- not not a weight off my shoulder but uh, a breath of, a breath of uh, slightly fresh air, and I say this with this game that I always enjoy doing the funny stuff anyway, and it's not like a burden. It's not like oh, I wish this I wasn't you know, typecast as this. Uh, I very much enjoy that, but it's nice to not do that for every single one. Uh, yeah. and yeah, it's it's nice to be this do different things. Is a little bit of an aside, but do you follow Jay's work? Uh, for whimsy and J-H-E-Y? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I've, uh, I've said this to Sean in the past. Uh, Jay's one of the people who gives me imposter syndrome the most. And I generally don't get imposter syndrome, but when I see his stuff, yeah, I think, oh, man. I, you know, yeah. I, I think I'm creative. You know, that's creative. <laughs> I mean, so, he's just insanely talented. But and absolutely. for the listeners that don't know, that's uh, J-H-3-Y on Twitter, I think. Is that Jay Tompkins? Jay Tompkins, yeah. Yes, yep. If you see a, a bear with glasses, you're in the right place. He, he is now a uh, DevRel at Chrome, working on yes. a Chrome team, yeah. Oh, bringing a whimsy to Google Chrome, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I guess Google DevRel, I don't know. Like, is it Google or Chrome? I mean, they're the same company, but they're yeah, educating um, on knows? CSS, so. Yeah. I wonder if he, is he on the same team as Adam Argyle, probably? As uh, Yuna and Adam, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, right. Right. That makes sense. That's a good fit. That's a good match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So you were 
at the New South Wales, was it? New South yeah, Wales New South Police. Wales Police Force. Yeah. So doing yeah. all this random stuff, web dev, editing videos, social social media as well, or just yeah. more content. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so lots. so what what's the step here from doing this floating head talk on sorry, web a la mode, I'm gonna call it by the title. And then yep. doing that talk, still being at the at the police force, and then where do we go from here? Uh, I think that's when I started appreciating getting to know people and doing talks. So that same year I did a talk on accessibility, uh, in Australia. And, you know, once it started entering my mind that I might do this more seriously, you know, it then dawned on me that I need to also take it seriously. You know, writing a bit of fun CSS here and there is good for like a code pen, but you know, if you're trying to do a job or be in production or whatever, you gotta, there's a certain like threshold you need to at least, you know, <laughs> meet before yep. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I figured, okay, I need to co cover my bases. And uh, I'm not sure if you all know, um, uh, oh gosh, I'm having mind blank. It's it's early in the morning here. Josh, um, Josh, CSS. Josh Comey, that's it, that's it. Yeah. Um, uh, he had something similar to carpal tunnel syndrome, uh, where he wasn't able to use his computer, which was a big issue. Sean, I think you were talking about this on uh, last week's or a previous week's episode, how, you know, it's, it's rough, you know, being a developer, typing and having that cause you pain when that's, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was looking into voice-assisted, you know, typing and, you know, developer work as well. And he, uh, you know, he used the combined, you know, voice activation things. Uh, he used a, an eye tracker to use his pupils to move the cursor around. And that really opened my eyes. In fact, that's, you know, normally we think of accessibility, we think of someone who, you know, uh, has mobility issues because they're born that way or they're injured. Uh, you don't often think, oh, a developer themselves uh, has entered circumstances which has made them require uh, accessibility considerations. And that was a big eye-opener. And I figured, okay, I, I need to, you know, get rid of some presumptions about accessibility here. So I signed up to that talk 10% hoping they wouldn't accept it because I didn't know everything about what right. I was going to talk about when, when I did the CFP. <laughs> and so when they did accept it, I think, okay, right, well, now I've got to research this thoroughly. Uh, and that's that's often uh, a way to get, get my butt up to study and learn something, you know, commit to it and then be forced to carry it through. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I've, so I've that's actually, my way of learning, Ellie. That's, that's interesting. I, I, I kind of do the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. I've used a lot of the, like a lot of the meetups here in, in Stockholm mm -hmm. and, and talks here as a way of like forcing myself to, to learn the stuff or even yeah. just like the talks or streams that, that I've been doing on online. It's a it's, good way to experiment with an idea and f almost force yourself into like learning something new. Just if you have a thought about something, just putting in CFPs for that and doing that. Charlie Gerard is another person in that space that's been doing a lot with like AI learning and she uses her mind to like do Figma design yeah, and yeah. stuff. She's great. She was actually um at a my so my first talk was in 2020 March, but last week I went to my first in-person Australian conference 
after two and a half years of dealing with conference and all that. And it sounds crazy because I live in Australia uh, and I've been involved in conferences for so long, but, you know, COVID and all that. Uh, it was it was Web Direction Summit run by John Alsop. It's probably the biggest mm-hmm. web dev conference in Australia. And that was actually, I, I might be skipping, you know, ahead in topics here, but it was really nice just the community aspect mm-hmm. and seeing people here. You guys all remember Tejas from Svelte Summit. Yep. He was listening. He emceed uh, the most recent uh, conference in Sweden. Uh, he was there. So it was kind of like a nice, you know, turning of the, uh, the tables, you know, me flying from Australia to Sweden and then him coming all the way to Australia and all that. So it, it made, after two years of COVID and online talks and meeting people online, just seeing people in person, like it, it just feel more human. That kind of made me, that kind of reminded me why I started enjoying the industry in the first place. Right. Yeah. All right. So, so, uh, um, yeah, so so you you've done a bunch of talks, uh, and then you went from the the police force. Where where did you head off next? Because I assume you just you you started working in the industry. I assume at some point. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so continuing on with the networking thing, uh, I landed my first job in the industry through Twitter. Uh, believe it or not, I I discovered the animation panel in Chrome DevTools, uh, which. If you weren't fully aware of it, you know, you, you wouldn't be aware of it unless you stumbled across it like me. I don't even recall how I found it. I think I was just clicking around, exploring, you know, doing, <laughs> uh, what do you call it, spelunking, you know. There's a lot. Yeah. There. Yeah. There's a lot, right? There are a lot of tabs and panes. You know, those three vertical dots, man, they, they're they unassuming, <laughs> but there's a lot under there. Uh, and the I found that. you went. <laughs> exactly. And I found the animation panel where you can pause uh, CSS animation, slow them down and all that. Just quite a little video. Andy Bell, uh, another great developer in the UK, he just retweeted that. And someone in an Australian startup who was looking for front-end engineers saw that because um, they followed Andy Bell. And then they just got in touch with me. Hey, uh, we're looking for engineers. Uh, are you interested? We chatted and started working for them. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, so that, was, that was very, 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 yeah, so random, but uh, more so than that, very fortunate on my part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, and then you, yeah. I guess you continued working for them for a while and... Yeah. And then now I'm at Hugging Face, which is a nice thing because uh, that company, they worked with Vue, which is which is nice to work with, actually. But, you know, was I don't believe this. There's a certain part of the title of this podcast, uh, the the first half, uh, which is the reason why we're all here. Uh, Hugging faces, you know, uses felt, so I was very happy to land that role. <laughs> yeah. So, what what kind of what kind of stuff do you work work on at Hugging Face? I know Pete, mm-hmm. or sorry, Penguin. He works. He <laughs> his works real name. on. Yeah, his, his real name, <laughs> Penguin. <laughs> so he he works at on on Gradio, right? Mm-hmm. Is that is that the same team that you're on, or are you are you on a different one? Yeah. So we're broadly in the front end team. Uh, his focus is on Gradio. I've made a few PRs to Gradio, but the the main projects we work on are one is one called Inference Endpoints. It's where you, if you want to productionize a model and to get a REST API, uh, you don't have to worry about all the hosting stuff or the scaling. Um, you just pick what you want, choose uh, whether you want a CPU, how beefy it is, whether it's GPU, how beefy it is, um, and how many um, you know redundancy uh, scaling replicas you want, and then you just get you know you send normal uh, post requests and get inference 
um, instead of having to set up your own Python or fast API backend for all that. Um, and then on the main website, you know, help out here and there. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of doing front ends all over the joint. Yeah. I said, I, I, I guess you're, you're enjoying that. Yeah. I mean, first off, like the, this felt aspect is nice, but the company tends to be a, a, a nice place to be at. Um, if, if, I mean, think about it. If, if your company's called Hugging Face, you can't be too serious. <laughs> <laughs> and that's definitely the kind of vibe I, I, I'm looking for in a company. Uh, yeah. And they've been very generous allowing me to work Australian hours. Uh, I don't have to wake up, you know, the crack of dawn to be awake for like, European or American folks. Yeah, I don't know how many folks like work remotely with these async teams. And it is so difficult with the time zones, like trying to coordinate with teams. So that is like a nice thing that they allow you. Like you don't have to get up and do like a kickstart at midnight <laughs> time or some crazy. Yeah. The, yeah. the all hands are a bit rough. They're at 2 or 3 a.m. usually. Uh, but that's like once a quarter. So I can, I can. That yeah. So we, we should probably we should probably mention that uh, Ron is up at like one a.m. Is it two a.m. even? Oh, now? for this, yeah. One, it's for, for this one forty nine a.m. As of oh now. my okay. god. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. No, it's not the worst. I had to run some talks at three a.m. You know, oh. earlier in the year. Oh. So like this, this is all right. You know, <laughs> this is all right. <laughs> it's, it's not that late <laughs> or early, I guess. <laughs> I think it's something you may have to deal with more than others. Just being in Australia, I think the time zones are just so different from most of the rest of the world that it's hard for you. Yeah, but the thing is you get what you pay for, especially in this industry. If I decided to constrain myself to Australian hours and Australian folks, there are so many, I mean, all of you, yeah, literally all three of you, I I wouldn't have met you or at least gotten to know you if I stuck to that. And even though like on the odd occasion, you know, I might get zombie eyes in the morning. Like, what I get in return is these great relationships. That is so That's, true. That's an awesome yeah. thing to say. I guess Sean now too is over in sort of that part of the world, right? Yeah, he's a lot closer. Yeah. <laughs> I travel a lot. So I You're working your opposite nine to five again. Particular, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I mean I think that's the beauty of tech. Uh, it's, uh, it shrinks the world, you know, um, and uh, hopefully someday we'll uh, shrink the uh, galaxy or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Think about this yeah. a lot. Like, you know, when you know, in science fiction, every planet has like one identity instead of every yeah. country having one identity. And uh, I think it's nice, probably, that you, you stop emphasizing really petty differences between countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I guess the a downside to, to like not having countries would be kind of the culture would disappear. I, I kind of, well, that, I, I mean, Embrace it doesn't have to. <laughs> I, yeah. I advocate for as many people, if you have the capability to travel and see the world and other cultures to do it, because I think that is the best learning experience to see how other people like truly live and believe. Like, mm-hmm. so you don't have these, facades up of like how the rest of the world actually looks you go and you see it and you experience Mm. it yeah and it it does differ a lot not to put it down on things but i reckon the reason in all these sci-fi novels we see these completely unified planets is because the authors were too lazy to write complex cultures and differences (laughs) in complex (laughs) probably true yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> but no, so like, you know, I, I got into this a little bit recently because I was saying uh, I've become an English maxi. Like there's just uh, now that <laughs> machines can easily translate between different languages, there's no point learning any other language. English is the best. English won. <laughs> <laughs> rough but puff, mostly true <laughs> like yeah. duolingo is like a 10 billion dollar company it should it should not exist oh <laughs> right <Whoa. laughs> that's is that your unpopular opinion today <laughs> sure okay fine <laughs> yeah so i wonder if like you know like how people like even back in the day when latin was long dead people studied latin just for like scratching the intellectual itch do you think like in you know a thousand years we'll all learn spanish or chinese just because it's a, it's a fun thing to do is is that where you, you think we're going sean um yeah probably like so okay i mean the realistically realistic difference is there will always be local differences between the way that we speak um mm. even within england or the uk there's like all different different variations of languages, and some some of them you can't even understand each other, right? Um, so humans inherently want to be different, and will will be different. Um, but I think we can probably start from a what is that? What's Brittany showing us in the in the screen? Is that your dual? Are you streak? showing your Duolingo streak? I have a two hundred and thirty seven day streak for learning language. Spanish. <laughs> nice, Spanish. Nice. Yeah, but like you know, nice. don't kid yourself. Like it's it's entertainment rather than. Uh, being functionally fluent. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, languages are uh, are fun. I kind of like them. I feel like it's something too that you have to be in the culture and speak with people too. Like even learning on Duolingo, mm. I feel like I know a lot of words, but I don't feel like I could have a conversation. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's kind. It's kind of. It's it's interesting with like the like like that English is kind of winning. Cause I think it is as well. Like even, even here in, in Sweden, like, like all the youngsters, they're using more and more English words in their vocabulary. Right. And you're going and you're, and I'm here like, a, like an old grumpy man, like, why don't you use the Swedish word? There's a Swedish word for this. <laughs> I <laughs> and I, and I ca catch myself like, I, sh I probably shouldn't do that. Like, <laughs> you you can, you have a right to your own language. I mean, that's pride in your language. But I was talking to uh, Tim Benix and Ingie from Uniform. And so Tim's in France and Ingie's in Germany. And I said something similar that I think English is like, it's amazing that these countries are like adopting English and you learn it from such a young age and you're bilingual or trilingual, depending on where you're at, you learn all these languages. And they're like, you know what, in these countries, like, it's really not that way. Like in France and Germany, like, especially in the countryside in France, they're very proud of their language and they speak it. And in Germany, it's not common for people to speak that yeah. much English. So it's surprising a little bit to me. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a meme. Like the, uh, like people here say that, like, if you go to the countryside in France and you, even if they know English, they won't speak they it with won't. you, yeah. Which is that's rough, but yep. yeah. And then as soon as you try to speak some French, they'll they'll help you out, I guess, because they they see that you're trying. I don't know if it's true. I I, I think that just based on <laughs> Tim's experience, he's from Amsterdam or uh, the Netherlands, so he speaks Dutch originally, but he speaks English, and then he moved to the countryside in France from Paris, where he could speak English, and then he has had to teach himself like enough to get by. In the countryside oh, because nobody yeah. will speak english to him 
Yeah. And I, and I guess it's also a thing of like the older generations are probably going to stay in the countryside and then the yeah. younger ones are moving into the cities. So yeah, that makes sense. All right. So, um, let's, uh, let's, uh, maybe get back to, to Svelte. I don't know. Is that, is that, is that a good sure. idea? Sure. Why? Why not? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <Don't have to. laughs> um, so, so you've done a couple of other fun talks as well, uh, at Svelte Summit. The swoosh, yeah, shabam, whimsy in motion is a, is a pretty cool one. Explaining head emoji. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, that, yeah, that one was, uh, see, I tried it. I've been trying to do different things with each talks and I know people were disappointed that there was no floating head in that second one, but <laughs> you know, cause like, you know, even though it's like, it's been two years, I'm still relatively, I don't have a large degree of a large number of talks under my belt compared to people who do this, you know, full-time or have been in the industry for a long time. So I'm still in that period where I, I can afford to experiment, you, you know, like if I was like right. a massive name, like, like the thing with like the, the being funny thing, like that's already kind of got gotten away from me. Like there's that expectation, but now I can, especially online as well, I can experiment, do something different. So with that one, it was very much, I want to show, you know, more step-by-step -step coding. Uh, I want to have like a, you know, more of a project where we walk through the implementations of it and kind of fall into that, that wackiness of it. You know, like the people are expecting something wacky now. Okay. I don't have to do any disclaimers that are going to strap yourselves in. This isn't going to be that normal. So even in the title, yeah. I was wondering whether you guys would uh, accept that title or not, even like having a really long one in there, words that were just onomatopoeia and the emoji, but you, you folks accepted it, so <laughs> props to you. Uh, yeah. And, and then this year's talk, we had Scrolly Tell Me Why, Ain't Nothing But a Piece of Cake. We got to sing the Backstreet Boys song as like the intro. Scrolly that Tell was glorious. Me Why. <laughs> I mean, we, we couldn't have gotten a better MC than someone who, I don't know, did Tay just teach singing? Or did he just he, do yeah, singing? he he like did choir or something and taught yeah, like yeah, yeah. the choir and he was like back in those <laughs> days and then he just started going off Belting singing. It, it was out. amazing. Yeah, couldn't have asked for a, a better MC for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, all all interesting talks. Uh, that one was about scrolly telling, right? Which mm -hmm. is a fun. I I know there's there's one company that does this a lot, and it's Apple, right? They do. Yes. I guess it's not really. Uh, well, would you call that sort storytelling? Of. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Like in terms of. Like the technique. I mean, you think about scrolling from implementation and then scrolling from the effects, and from the effects side, it's definitely scroll. You scroll, and you know different things happen. Things happen tied to yeah. your scrolling. So yeah, by by all, that, that definition, yeah, they do that a lot. In this talk, we got to see Ron die in Demon Souls over and over again. Right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Elden Ring, it was my first entry into the Dark Souls Sorry, series. Yeah. Uh, they weren't lying when they said it was hard. I did a lot of dying. <laughs> did, you, but, yeah. uh, did you finish it? No, I haven't actually. I, I got like 75% my way through, and uh, the game corrupted my save. And then I just didn't have the heart to go through oh, it. You know? Yeah. Oh, but uh, it, it was rough. fun, you know. 
You know, it's like, oh, it's one of those wow. games where, you know, it's a journey that matters, not the destination or something like that. that that's, that's what I tell myself <laughs> as I cry myself to sleep Make anyway. yourself feel better. <laughs> All the hours lost. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to talk out of it. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did manage right. to satisfy people's urge to see a, a floating head to some degree, though. I didn't have my head floating. Because <laughs> people kept asking me, are you going to do like, you know, some green screen thing, you know, on stage and all that? And I thought about it and I thought, okay, how would I that could, even work? but how would that even work? And even if it did work, what is the point if you can see me in person yeah. and my torso and all that? So I had that little like scrolling. I, thing with no, my the, head. Yeah, I forgot yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. The scrolling head, the, when you scrolled, like it spun around. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many expectations. Oh, especially uh, Dom at the start. I don't know if you folks recall, but before I even got to start, Dom was like, uh, Tay just asked him why he was sitting at the front. And he said, I'm sitting at the front because this talk is going to be, you know, whatever it was, it's very good, amazing, whatever. And then he said, blow us away. It's like, I'm, I'm glad it turned out well the, and the people enjoyed the talk. So, you know, that was a good setup. But if I bombed it, you know, that, that'd be on him. I'm, I'd be yeah. blaming Dom. He was like, I got a seat right in the front because I know this talk is going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's what, yeah. Like I said before, like the people in like the community have just been really nice. And I think if I'd say, if my first talk had been like a React talk where it's like much more massive, you're more of like a tiny fish in a massive, massive pond. I might not have had the same, you know, inclination to, you know, at least I wouldn't have entered the industry as rapidly or found, oh yeah, talks are great and all that. But there's something special about this felt community where everyone's like, everyone kind of like knows each other, everyone's really friendly. Uh, and yeah, like what Dom did there, that's a prime example of how good the community is. Yeah. I think I said yeah. in the documentary that it feels like a small town community, like if you have this small town and you all kind of know each other and you help support each other. And that's what this felt community feels like to me. And not mm. that we're just like tiny and not very big, but just like, that's how it makes you feel. Like there's a lot of people here, but there's support and there's people that gather around you and lift you up when you need it. hundred percent. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a challenge to, to keep that as we grow larger and larger, but it's, it's definitely something that I think we should, work with in mind like we we need to keep that feeling i think or we could mm -hmm. we could try at least somehow i think yeah. we need to make sure that we're welcoming new people and having these events and things and i think it will continue to grow and feel like the same thing yeah so yeah. um why svelte though why why, <laughs> why why was that the the one that you started with i guess so when you're not a software engineer as a uh, by profession, you have the luxury of doing whatever you like. You can pick up a project and not touch it for 12 months. You can write terrible code. You can pick something that you know came out last week and make that the foundation of your entire project. And in 2019, when I first using, started using Svelte, it was very un or less proven, you know, in the industry. Yep. But that didn't matter because I was like a one man, you know, just doing right. doing his own yeah. thing. And I was very close to being a an Imba developer oh, back then, interesting. which is also uh, like a has a pre compiled philosophy. 
Uh, and I was really getting into, you know, reading different articles in Imba, uh, you know, going through the getting started and all that until I read one Medium article. I have this link somewhere. I'll, I'll link it to you guys so you can have it in the show notes later. But in the midst of this, you know, Imba fueled, you know, frenzy, there was a Medium article on Imba and in the comments, just one person said, oh, this is really cool. But have you, have you looked at Svelte? And I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it into Google just to, you know, see what's out there. You know, I don't just, you know, run uh, all the way to the hills with the first thing I see. Yep. And then I saw a little bit, liked it, saw a bit more, liked it more. Then I saw, you know, Rethinking Reactivity by Rich Harris, liked it a lot. Uh, went through the tutorial, kept liking it, and pretty much kept liking it since. So, <laughs> yeah, Wasn't felt- Ember one of the ones that was up? Just above Svelte on the late one of the latest surveys that came out. Uh, I, I haven't. Looked. I don't think so. Ever got there? S- no. Something just edged us out like earlier this year, and I, I uh, swear sorry. it was Ember. Was it Ember? JS. I th- so no, I, I, I'm saying Ember. Ember I M B A. Sorry. Yeah, I-M-B-A. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Much older. It was like a. Yeah, it was a weird amalgamation of JavaScript, Ruby, and. Oh, interesting. Python syntax and all that. So I think that's why I didn't yeah, for, uh, pick off. It was like a DSL by um, uh, scrimba.com, which is like a video tutorial. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, I, mm-hmm. I I think I've mentioned that uh, that video tutorial site a bunch of times on the podcast. It's it's a really cool, mm-hmm. like they, it's it's a, have you, have you guys ever seen it? Because if you haven't, yep. like yeah, go, yeah, yeah. go onto that, go onto that site and just like start one of the videos. And then you realize it's not a video and you're like, whoa. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very, very performant, very cool, very cool project in my, in my, in my experience at least. But yeah, mm-hmm. so there, you're, you're actually not the only Svelte developer that I know that has t- tried out Imba. So you guys probably know Luke. He, he used to mm-hmm. dabble a bit in, in yep. the Imba community as far as I know. Um, mm-hmm. And I was actually interested in Imba as well before Svelte came out. Never really used it, but <laughs> I, I feel I feel bad for Imba. It's kind of like uh, the, the 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 jilted partner for like the the hotter. You know? I never <laughs> heard of that. <laughs> How long has that yeah. been around, or has it like died out since? No, I I, really? I think it's still around. I've just never uh, heard of it. Yeah, it's it's tiny, right? I think I think it just doesn't have the same momentum. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, it also doesn't have Rich Harris, which I think has been one it's key. One. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, what excites you with Svelte going forward, Ron? Are there any? Is there anything that that you're hoping to see? Uh, you know, I might even say it's already kind of happened. You know, I started using Svelte in 2019. And this year, and perhaps even next year, when Svelkick reaches 1.0, that uh, validation that it was it was a good choice, uh, or yep. at least the reassurance that it was an okay choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just not people saying, "Oh, sure, you know, Svelte looks fun, but you know, it's just a little toy." Everyone always says, "You know, does it scale?" Or you know, "It's not ready for production." Or you know, "Who else is using it?" Or "How come there aren't any um, like 3GS libraries made for Svelte?" You know, we you hear all that all the time. And I think now that people are using it themselves, because the thing is, people who use Svelte tend to end up liking it. You don't yep. tend to see people who try it and they're like, "Oh, actually, you know what? My presumptions were correct. It blows." 
you know? So I think it's just more a matter of getting people brackets. to try it. I do hear that, but <laughs> I hear that from so people that like really haven't tried using spelt that they'll like look at it and they're like, oh, this is like handlebars or something. And exactly. They're turned yeah, off like, by it, but by principle or surface reasons. So yeah, I think the, when we get more people just trying spelt, that's when you get more people liking spelt and using spelt. Usually the latter two, that's the hard part, you know, getting people to like something after they've tried it. But the ramp here is really just getting people to try it for themselves and form their own opinions, which I think this year in particular is, yeah, has already happened. I did yeah. a whole talk on that called Starting with Felt, and it's why you should just try it. Yeah. And it's so easy Absolutely. to try as well. Agreed. With the REPL. Exactly. People love the tutorial. With the REPL, the tutorial, there's the mm. speltosis thing where you can transfer it into other languages or mm. vice versa. Like, I picked that before. You've seen it. It's mitosis, but they've now added speltosis into the mitosis package mm. from Builder. Nice. Sorry, Ron, nice. what is happening with your head? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you before, it's my lights kind of being funny, but... Uh, <laughs> Talking about yeah. expectations and people looking forward to the floating head, this whole time, I'm here to reveal to you, this whole background has been fake. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> oh my God. I'm like the chroma key. It looks yeah. like the, yeah. Oh, he just like cut his background and he now has the floating this head. This is bad radio, it's, but yes, I, I, I did a live. <laughs> Here's your floating head, folks. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I took a screenshot. So. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, like, we need that. Proof. <laughs> Oh, man. Enjoy. <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take for you guys to point it out. Yeah, I, I mean, on, we honestly. We said something it, earlier, but I just thought you like, had a bad yeah. camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so honestly, I, 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 I thought, because you said something. <laughs> so there's his hands. Yeah, so honestly, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so you said, yeah, yeah, for now, it's, it's uh, some... You said something with the words like, oh, yeah, we'll talk about that later or something. And I was like, hmm, hmm. Oh, something's going on here. <laughs> Is that yeah, uncomfortable that was to wear? Like, are you wearing like a turtleneck thing around your head of a green screen? It's okay. Actually. Well, believe it or not, you've seen the original. It's much more comfortable than that. Yeah, it's, it's much more comfortable the, than having a piece of cardboard around my neck. The, yeah. So I have a, I wonder if I can turn it off. Um one second. <laughs> like I said, this isn't great radio, but we can. There you go. So I've got oh, a green screen oh, back there. Oh, I see. And then you have a green tool. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. yeah. That looks a lot that more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Could we maybe find a, a photo of your uh, your setup? I know there's one float, floating around somewhere. Uh, -huh. uh It's the it's my pin tweet, so that shouldn't be ah yes. Find. All right. Cool. Cool. It's actually Rich's tweet that I then pinned. <laughs> All right. Cool. So yeah, um, I think uh, let's, uh, do, you, do you guys think we should move on to unpopular opinions or is there any anything else that you, you guys want to chat about before yeah. that? Uh, All right. Yeah. Well, glad you're in the community, Ron. It's, uh, it's been really great to see you you know, go from, uh, you know, uh, not in the industry to definitely in, in the industry. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. Sean's actually been like one big part of that as well. Like I watched that first uh, Svelte's, 
Oh, was there still something that I wasn't in? Svelte Society Day? Yeah, I might have been that one. Uh, and, you know, getting to know Sean has been, you know, a, a major plus in, in this whole journey. And he's helped me a lot uh, in my career as well. So shout, shout out to Sean, definitely. Woo. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll pay you later. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll discuss <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So unpopular opinions. Who has one? So I guess I already said mine. So Only I'll just Sean. type it in English one. Yeah. So <laughs> what was that again? That was the... I'm just typing it now. Dual, English is one, dual English should not exist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 don't have, I don't have one either. So, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I don't tend to fill my thoughts with unpopular opinions, but I figure, you know what? This is probably never going to be said on Svelte Radio, so someone better say it eventually. Svelte is bad. That should be a fairly unpopular opinion on, on this show, right? <laughs> that is. Yeah. But you have to justify it. You have to explain it. it. Well, like, I just, uh, when I use it, I just, I just feel too happy using spells. You know, just, I get, <laughs> I'm just brimming with joy and satisfaction. The developer experience just makes using anything else much worse. Uh, you know, once, you, yeah, once you get spelt, you can't go back. <laughs> 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 you, you end up meeting like tons of great people in the community and then you run out of time because there are so many great people. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's rough. Really it's really just a, rough a life deal suck. Like it just, yeah, it sucks all of my time. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you there, Brittany. I agree. Same. Uh, I guess this wasn't as unpopular as we, <laughs> as we thought. We're all in agreement. <laughs> no. yeah, I, I, I guess really this is a, this is a popular opinion section now. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sean takes right. the crown. <laughs> so we, we, we're at the last section of the show. It's called picks. You get to pick something, something interesting, something uninteresting, whatever you want, you get to pick it. <laughs> so I, I guess I can start. Um, while I've been ha having a fever and a cold this week, I have been playing a game called Hollow Knight, which is a, a game that I've, I used to play a lot and just picked it up uh, to play for a couple of days. And it's such a good game. It's a Metroid, Metroidvania style platforming kind of game, if that explains anything to anyone. Um, yep. It's actually one of the one of the best games I've ever played, probably. Um, and it's Very great cute. value. It is. Yeah, yeah. You play as a bug and you go around and killing other bugs, which doesn't sound like a lot of fun, maybe, but it, it is a lot of fun. It, it makes it fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's. I think it's 15 bucks or something. Uh, there was recently a sale. You could get it for five. It's just a great value, like very polished. And you can play it on almost anything as well. So. Yeah. The, the art looks very nice. Yeah, it it is it is a lot of fun. If you haven't tried it, try it out. Super cool. Um, I think I'm next. Mm -hmm. So we were talking a little bit about travel and microphones uh, before the uh, podcast started, and I was saying that I actually switched to a lavalier microphone because I used to have a Yeti, uh, which is kind of the default starter mic for most people. That's what I have. And uh, and then I was convinced by people <laughs> who are arguing, don't buy a Yeti. Uh, there's there's this this sort of meme site going on. Uh, don't buy a Yeti.com. Um, I think it's 
like it, it, the, the recording quality is decent. The problem is that it is a big black round thing that looks suspicious on x-ray uh, <laughs> machines in airports. And so I got tired of getting stopped for my big black round uh, thing and asking, what is that? It's kind of embarrassing. So I... Uh, <laughs> I'm switching to a lavalier microphone, uh, which is just a clip-on microphone. It's so much lighter, so much, uh, and, and the audio quality is just the same. So I put the recommendation wow. in the show notes. And it's like mm. 10 US dollars right now. Yeah. yeah. That's like, crazy. And this is like, nice. I noticed as well that YouTubers, they all start out with these like fancy microphones with the boom arms and everything. It's like a thousand bucks and you need to buy the audio interface and all that. And then eventually they switch to a clip-on mic. So why don't you just go straight to clip-on mics? Yeah. So my pick, and now I'm thinking, like, I don't know when this episode drops. I don't know if it's before or after, but um, we have a live stream with Skeleton, which is a new UI toolkit for Svelte with Tailwind CSS next Thursday, the 15th. And okay. if it's passed, you can just go back and watch the live stream. But um, otherwise, join us live. I also want to mention that just based on, like, being laid off last week and going through a lot of things, like, get the mental help that you need. And uh, Spring Health is something that Nellify offered for us. And I found we have free sessions through that that you can get. And I've really enjoyed being able to like look at the list of providers, pick somebody, and then it's just a Zoom call. So it was really nice for like getting some help and just having somebody to talk to. And if you need that help, just reach out to people. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always been on, of the opinion that like most people should probably talk to someone like a professional or something. Yeah. Not like just in general, like not, not for maybe, maybe you don't have any issues, but most people have issues of some kind. So sorry, you, you're oh, muted. Brittany. Um, even if you don't have any issues, just having yeah. someone to like throw things at, like just get things off your chest, talk to and get like somebody neutral in the situation's opinion about things that are going on in your life and having somebody there to support you and just talk with is really nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ron, do you have a, do you have a pick? Yeah. I, I couldn't pick between two, so I'm going to tell them both. Uh, the first one. Totally fine. Yeah. You had a game, uh, I have a game that came out recently called Warhammer Darktide. Uh, I played the precursor called Vermintide. Uh, if you ever play Left 4 Dead or any kind of co-op game, it's four people, you go in, you play with each other. And I've just found that, you know, as you get older, you, you kind of don't have the patience or the appetite for competitive stuff anymore. So just hopping online with, you know, three other people who, you know, all working to the same goal, you know, you know all like people aren't yelling at each other, you know, on their own team because they didn't do this or that. Uh, it's, it's more of like a chill, mature kind of way to game the feel and I don't, I don't know much about warhammer or like 40k and all that uh but the graphics and the musics you know they've they've nailed it uh and the the gameplay of like the the melee of like using you know close quarter swords and hammers and whatnot they've they've nailed the feel of that being fun so that's definitely one of my picks and the second one is have you guys ever seen squeeze peanut butter bottles so normally you have a jar where you, you know, unscrew the lid, you get your knife. Wait, spoot, this is going to save my life. What? Right. I have right, jelly. Right. Yeah, right. right and right? I make peanut you know butter sandwiches every day exactly. for my kids. Yeah, yeah. Imagine having a hole in both of them just going. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> Where do I get this? Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's like outside Australia. Like, I'm sure like, it's not really that, you know, mind-blowing an invention, uh, but as in not that groundbreaking, up, but... Upside down that is, in Australia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so instead of like getting a knife out and then spinning, you just go with the bottle, squeeze it. And do everything the, the thing is, this is actually a, a marketing slash, you know, I don't know, com- commodity slash capitalist or whatever you call it, ploy. So they found that with shampoo bottles, uh, toothpaste, whatever, if you have a something that points down and you squeeze it to go out, you tend to always use more than you actually need. So mm. you end up buying more of this stuff. But this is one of the cases where like, okay, I see what you're doing. I know we're going, I know I'm falling into it, but I'm willing to pay the price of that. You know, this is so much more convenient. Uh, if they just made it in crunchy somehow, if they like oh, got yeah. the right viscosity of like a liquid squeezing out, but still be crunchy like that, that, that'd make my day. That'd make my I, life. I would like crunchy too. My kids don't like crunchy though, but I, I need that. And I've been using mayonnaise for years like that, but I found jelly this year for the first time. Yeah. And now I just need to find some peanut butter because that sounds like a life hack. Right? Yeah. Sick figure, right? Very sick figure. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um all right. I I think that's that that's it. That's all of the all of the discussion points, all of the sections, all of the everything. Uh Ron, thanks for coming on even though it's in the middle of the night. Um we Go get some sleep. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not it's it's nice seeing you again after after Svelte Summit. Absolutely. Even though it's, it's just been, online. Yeah. yeah, it feels like not that long ago, but it's already been two months. Is that right? Yeah, really? two, two months today, probably, right? September. Crazy. Or what? Yeah. Yeah. Still, no, still highlight of the year. Three months. Yeah, three, three months. months. Really Jeez. special time. Yeah. 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 It just goes to show how being in person, like how special that makes it feel. Yeah. 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 I agree. It's nice yeah. to have events back in person again. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. All right. Okay. With that Thank said, you. We will see you all next week. And uh, yeah, enjoy your svelte uh, week. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye, everyone. Hey, it's Kevir. If you like the show, please drop a review on your favorite podcast player. It would help out a lot. Thanks.